prophets, religions, and books. When Allah Ta'ala created man, He granted him aql, meaning intellect, and the power of mind and thought. Islamic scholars, rahimahumullah ta'ala, means may Allah's mercy be upon them, called man haywaninatik, meaning creation which is able to speak, and the expression in Cartesian philosophy, I think, therefore I am, clearly expresses this fact. The major factors distinguishing man from other creatures are he has a soul besides his body. He can think, assess all events with his mind. He can decide by using his mind and carry out his decisions. He can distinguish good from evil and he can realize his errors and repent for them and so forth. But the question is, can man use this most powerful weapon given to him without a guide or can he find the right path and understand Allah Ta'ala by himself. A retrospective view of history will show us that when left alone with no guidance from Allah Ta'ala, men have always deviated into degenerate paths. Using his mind, man thought of the Omnipotent who created him, but he could not find the way leading to Allah Ta'ala. Those who did not hear about the prophets sent by Allah Ta'ala first looked for the Creator around themselves. The sun, being the most useful thing to men, provoked some men to think that it was the creative power and therefore they began to worship it. Later on, as he saw the great forces of nature such as a gale, a fire, a furious sea, a volcano and the like, he thought they were assistants to the creator. He attempted to symbolize each of them. This in turn gave birth to idols. He dreaded their wrath and sacrificed animals to them. Unfortunately, he even sacrificed human beings to them. Every new event inspired a new idol, increasing the number of idols symbolizing events. When Islam first graced the earth, there were 360 idols in the Kaaba. In short, man by himself can never understand Allah Ta'ala, the world's real creator, the one and the eternal. Even today, there are still people who deify the sun as well as fire. This should not be amazing because without a guide, a light, one cannot find the right way in darkness. It is declared in the 15th ayat of Surat Al-Isra in the Quran Al-Kareem, nor would we visit with our wrath the worshippers of idols until we had sent a messenger Allah Ta'ala sent prophets السلام, to teach his human slaves how to use the powers of mind and thought to teach them about his oneness and to distinguish good from evil. Prophets السلام, were human beings like us. They ate, drank, slept and felt tired too. What distinguished them from us was that their intellectual and assessment abilities were much greater than ours. Moreover, they had pure moral qualities and hence the ability to communicate Allah Ta'ala's commandments to us. Prophets السلام, were the greatest guides. The final and highest Prophet وسلم, who communicated the Islamic religion is Hadrat Muhammad and his holy book is the Quran Al-Kareem. The subsequent discourse on Islam will give further information regarding this subject.
The guiding utterances of Hadrat Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam are called al-hadith al-sharif. They have been collected in many valuable books. Besides the Quran al-Karim and the hadith al-sharifs, there are great religious scholars who also provided us with guidance. But there are people who slight and disregard these religious scholars, saying, "Why should such scholars be necessary?" Cannot one find the right way and become a good Muslim by reading Islam's book, the Quran al-Karim, and by studying the Hadith al-Sharif? This presumption is false. A person who has no knowledge about the fundamentals of the religion cannot properly comprehend the deep meanings in the Quran al-Karim. Even the most perfect athlete will look for a trainer when he prepares to climb a high mountain. A big factory employs master workmen and foremen as well as engineers. A worker who begins to work in such a factory learns the basic aspects of his job first from this master workman and then from his foreman. If he tries to see the chief engineer before learning them, he will not understand anything from the engineer's words and calculations. Even the best gun expert cannot correctly use a new gun given to him unless he is first taught how to use it. It is for this reason that in matters pertaining to religion and belief, besides the Quran al-Karim and the Hadith al-Sharifs, we should utilize the works of those great religious scholars whom we call Murshid Kamil, meaning perfect guide. The highest ones of the Murshid Kamils in Islam are the Imams or leaders of the four Mathabs. They are Al-Imam Al-Azam Abu Hanifa, Al-Imam Al-Shafi, Imam Malik, and Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, rahmatullahi alayhi majma'in. These four Imams are Islam's four pillars. We have to read the books of one of them to learn the correct meanings of the Quran Al-Karim and the Hadith Al-Sharifs. Thousands of scholars have explained the books of each of them. He who reads these explanations will understand the Islamic religion correctly and well. The beliefs revealed in all these books are the same. This correct belief is called the belief of the Ahlul Sunnah. Those beliefs which were made up later and conflicted with the Ahlul Sunnah beliefs are called bid'ah or dalala, meaning deviation. The common principles in all religions brought by all prophets since Adam salam, are the principles of belief. Allah Ta'ala has not willed differences in creedal principles. In the 159th ayat in Surat Al-Anam of the Quran Al-Karim, He says to his beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam as for those who divide their religion and break up into sects thou hast no part in them in the least their affair is with Allah ta'ala he will in the end tell them the truth of all that they did meaning Allah ta'ala will call them to account and give them what they deserve who will a person with a sore eye seek help from from a watchman, from a lawyer, from a math teacher, or from an ophthalmologist. Of course, he will go to an ophthalmologist and find out its cure. Likewise, he who looks for a remedy to save his faith and belief must resort to a religion specialist, not a lawyer, a mathematician, a newspaper, or a movie. To be a religious scholar, 
one must have a good knowledge of contemporary sciences, be a graduate of both science and letters, and have a master's and doctor's degrees in both. Know the Qur'an al-Kareem and its meanings by heart. Know thousands of hadiths and their meanings by heart. Be specialized in the 20 main branches of Islamic knowledge and know their 80 subdivisional branches as well. Be fully knowledgeable about the subtleties in the four mathabs. Reach the grade of ijtihad in those branches of knowledge and reach a stage of perfection called Wilayati Khasai Muhammadiyah, which is the highest grade in Tasawwuf. It is almost impossible for an ignorant person who is quite unconscious of his illness and the medicine for the illness in his heart to pick out the appropriate hadiths for himself from the thousands of hadiths. Islamic scholars, being specialists of the heart and soul, can extract and write down the right medicine for the soul out of these hadiths and recommend it according to the nature of the person in mind. Our Prophet is like the chief doctor who prepares hundreds of thousands of medicines for the world pharmacy. And the awliya and ulama are like assistant doctors under his command who distribute these ready medicines according to the problems of the patients. Since we do not know our illness or its medicine, if we attempt to choose a medicine for our illness out of the hundreds of thousands of hadiths, it may have an allergic effect on us. And thus, we may have to atone for being ignorant by suffering rather than benefiting. As a matter of fact, a hadith declares, he who using his reason and knowledge interprets the Qur'an al-Kareem according to his own understanding, who fabricates interpretations that disagree with what the Ahl Sunnah scholars wrote based on our Prophet and Sahabat al-Kiram becomes a disbeliever. Being unaware of this subtlety, la mathabi people, meaning non-mathabite people, prohibit us from reading the books of the Ahl Sunnah savants. By saying everyone should read the Quran and Hadiths himself and learn his faith from them. They should not read the books of the Mathabs. In fact, their absurdity has gone so far that they have begun to call the knowledge in those books polytheism and disbelief. The fact, however, is that by doing so, they have been preventing people from learning Islam's very essence and thereby causing great harm instead of being helpful.